This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disaster Girls podcast. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola, and I am with... Um, it's me, Sam. Wait, no, sorry. <laughs> it's Amanda. I'm welcome back. back, Sam. Good Thanks. to see you for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, Hi, it's Amanda. I am so excited because this is a this is a surprise announcement because we didn't tease the next movie on the last episode so you guys are finding out um in real listen time what we're going to talk about today and I'm so excited as this is an actress very near and dear to my heart starring in this Amanda what are we talking about today we're talking about Rogue from 2020 with Megan Fox and I wish that we were giving it the just the it's due by teasing it for a week (laughs) (laughs) Megan Fox and Mm. And Lady Lioness deserved better. They deserved a week of Rogue is coming up. It is, it's like, I get that this is, this is kind of a perfect, and and I I am not, I, I will never cast aspersions at VOD action movies. I'm, I'm, we know I'm not a snobby person, but there, there are so many actually excellent, like, VOD, straight to VOD action movies, particularly like the entire economy of an actor like Scott Adkins, so you will never hear me throw stones at that. So it's this movie though. It's 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 like a perfect candidate for. It's like a perfect candidate to be a high end VOD action movie. But I wish like and so like and though you know pandemic, it, it, you know things it come out. It deserved its it, laurels. It deserved its it, flowers. It deserved, I wish it had had. I wish it had been able to have a theatrical run. Like if this came back now and it was like you guys, Rogue's going to be in theaters for three weeks. I would get my ass out there. I would yeah. I would want to enjoy this on a big screen. It is I think a it is a real dark horse high entertainment action film. Well, as I was watching it, you know, and, and like the one thing if we did release it on on screens, I would just be like Warner Brothers throw 1% of the Snyder cut budget at making that lion look better. <laughs> The, the 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 busted digital lion. They looks, tried so hard. I, it's so good. It it helps them that this lion is supposed to be really physically tattered. Like this yes. lion has been through it, and kind of thank God for that. Because if it was supposed to be a pristine looking lioness, oh, those seams are so clear. It's there. It you can see the strings on the digital it, lion. <laughs> it moves a lot like the zombies in. Um, Pretty much any fast-moving zombie (laughs) film. And it looks like the zombies in a fast-moving zombie film from 2000. And that's just... But, okay, so other than that, though, just to start talking about the VOD aspect. Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, Extraction came out this year. Yeah. And did fucking numbers. And I gotta say, I found this movie better, sharper, a, a stronger film than extraction. If this had been if this had been a Netflix event release in the way yeah. that they put it on the splash page and they actually yep. they don't it's not when they want to, they, it's not when they're like going to get lost in the churn but they're going to actually be like now on Netflix. If they had done that thing if this had been a Netflix special in that way instead of like a movie that just cuz it's not like it's a Hulu original like arrived on Hulu. Yeah. If it had been a Netflix event action movie, it would have been trending top 10. 
this absolutely would have been in the like now U.S. most watched top ten. It, it would have it would have had a nice little comfy run in that top ten slot. Yeah, it was. People would so, have found it have been like, oh shit, guys, it's actually a really good time. Yeah, it's a great and it's it's compact. It's only yep. an hour forty five, so yep. you're not there's no dead air, um, and it's really not just like competently done, but it is entertaining as shit, guys. Yeah, and and what a and a and a cast you want to hang out. Oh with. my god! Like, as you're watching, and you're like, you know what? This is doing scrappy band, scrappy ensemble band of mercenaries really well. I and it, it does. A very good job with its the kills are surprising, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You we are we are very conditioned to sort of, I mean, Army of the Dead is out now, and its whole tagline is like, don't get attached, because it's like, guess what? Lots of people are gonna die. But this movie presents like it's gonna be one of those ones where like 80% of your good guys are gonna make it out, 90%, you're gonna get to hang out with them. From the from the jump, it really lets you know, actually. We're going to take away some people you wanted to know more about, but not in a way that feels cheap. No, it's it's really like the movie from the start. My first two notes are because initially so the movie starts out with the lion at like you're on a poacher. Yes, farm or cold at, open or cold open. Yeah, you're on a lion farm in presumably South Africa area. And um, like the lions are you know, there's this like the lioness is they think that the, that she's dead mm-hmm. and then she's not. And she attacks the poachers and kills them all. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm gonna root for yeah, the lion. Yeah, because we're getting this- we get like a really like sad it's, opening. It's brutal. On, like and we are lion trapping, pups. we are trapping game. We are killing yeah. them for black market sale. You're like, this is this feels really bad. Yeah, it's just you immediately are just like, yeah. I will I will follow this lioness through fire and. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am yeah. on her side now. Yeah. Avenge all, <clears throat> avenge avenge all the lions. Um, and then the next immediate thing is that then we spend time with Megan Fox and her team. Yeah. And my next note is, oh no, I like all of them too. I and and here's here's I think <clears throat> I would like listener. I would like if you don't if you if you don't remember anything else about this episode, remember this. You watched the trailer. I can hear you out there. You watched the trailer for Rogue, and you were like, is this gonna be? A racist nightmare. <laughs> no. You you watched it and you were like, this yep. could go so bad having Megan Fox lead a team of soldiers into Africa to yep. save a white child. You watched it and you had that very reasonable concern. And I'm here to tell you, this movie actually handles its premise mm-hmm. extremely well. If anything, there is one protagonist this movie believes in the most and it is the lion. Yeah. There is there is one side that this movie takes more than any other and it is that of mother nature and and the natural world. And where cuz like as the movie goes on you're like, "Ooh, this is getting islamophobic, I think, and I am uncomfortable with how this is playing out." But then it make it makes it a point to un- unwind the assumptions that you would that it, you are very yeah. reasonably making about the the primary the central antagonist and his motivations and actually like has something to say about like xenophobia in predominantly white countries and state sponsored violence and like the veneer 
of of like heroism and goodness that we place on white leaders when oftentimes they too when they can be as power mad as anybody else in the world and even if you present a front of say being an animal conservationist you too can actually be behind the scenes trafficking and like rare animal goods and buy- yeah. and like these and you know parts so it actually like it comes out to like have statements that say like Hey, those those things you are really worried about in the trailer, we don't worry. We are thinking about those things and we're going to address them. And that was something I did not see coming. Yeah, I mean, we you and I had talked about doing this a while ago and when it like we had talked about doing this back when the first trailer dropped yeah. and the consensus was let Jordan was like Jordan you were like I'm going to watch it first and yeah. see how bad it gets. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and yeah, it was as a script, one of the smartest and most compassionate takes you could possibly have gotten. Very compassionate. On this film. Yeah. Um, which does deal with so many, like, there are so many aspects to it which could have gone horribly awry. Yeah. Starting with the fact that this is a movie that basically opens with, or in the first 10, 15 minutes, you have three white girls in cages. Yeah. Yeah. Being held captive by predominantly by, like, a Muslim separatist group right led by like led by a middle eastern man and then with a bunch of black guys and Mm -hmm. she's like none of that's gonna end well none of that's gonna yeah and you like you feel the bad feelings you're like oh my god this is exactly what what i thought i was worrying about but it moves away from that pretty quickly it does and it also doesn't dwell on a real um statelessness to the kind of entire thing like we know we learned that our bad guy is from the uk and like that that's where he was brought mm-hmm. up and now he has become a warlord reigning terror over like various populations. And yeah. Like, the, I, I don't think that they it name was, it like the, the segment it, of Africa that they're they, in. They're in. I mean, they're so we can kind of infer from the fact that like that we can infer that they're Maasai, that it's the Maasai tribe. They mentioned that. Mm, right. Um, And then at the end, there's the title card about it being about like the the lion farms in South Africa. Ah, so okay, okay. And I'm kind of assuming like I, I assume pretty early on that we were dealing with either South Africa or borderlands to South Africa. And we're like it's which all it's is, all just inferences though. There's yeah. no there's not a direct it's like a these are a collective of mercenaries with Megan Fox who yeah. are of many nations and none at all. And then over here we have UK raised Middle Eastern man who's come to Africa is being a war. He's kidnapping like a governor's daughter and he has his assembled mercenary force. And we learned that like him, this bad guy um, has like these, these African soldiers that he has with him. He conscripted, it sounds like probably most, if not all as child soldiers. Yeah. And we learned that because one of the people, one guy has flipped and he's working with Megan's team to like get back at the, the baddie, because he killed his entire family and he's like going to get his revenge. So like we touch on, we get like child soldier conscription worked into this. And there's like a fight between one of the kidnapped girls and this child soldier. And she's like, you're an evil motherfucker. And he's like, they took me as a child and they threatened to kill my whole family. And everybody's really sad. And then she's like still mad at him and yelling at him. He's like, they did kill my entire family. And now I'm trying to break free and make it right. So it's like, this movie is appreciating that this is a complicated conversation. I'm yeah. not saying like, oh, this is genius luminary writing. It is demonstrating that in this extreme like lion m- paramilitary fight context, 
guess what? This isn't actually a fight that ends, that has a resolution because it's so sticky and messy that there. this is just really bad. This is bad for everyone, the, the subject that we're talking about right now. And I didn't, you, you never really expect movies adhering to this sort of like, this action formula to have their eye on the ball like that. It's it's a shockingly compassionate movie. Yeah. That was the thing that I kept coming back to was how compassionate this movie is. And these movies aren't compassionate normally. Um, right. And I it, think that that's definitely might, a big- They might not necessarily be calloused, but there, there was such a clear intention toward yes. compassion. It was like, we're like, the point of this movie, as much as it's going to be Megan Fox carrying guns and a lion killing people while there's a fight at a former like- game like big game harvesting facility as much of the point as we are going to have fun we are going to interject at multiple moments and see there are a lot of complicated factors going into the characters that make up this story and we're going to acknowledge their complications yeah and i think like you know again a big part of that does come if you look if you go back to it this was a film written by and directed by um mj bassett who's Mm -hmm. a trans woman Mm -hmm. and i think that that you know and uh, I don't know why going into this, I thought that it had been directed by like. Why did I think it was directed by Michael Bay? I mean, doesn't why? it kind of look? Doesn't it kind of look like? Like, yeah, it kind of like when <laughs> you, you see the poster trailer, and everything. You're like, that's that's from the school of Michael Bay. Yeah, and this was and would so, be interesting to see if Megan would ever work on a Michael Bay production again. I would, I would say firmly, just not as a make. I'm not a Megan Foxologist, but I would <laughs> yeah. probably I, assume no. She's absolutely made her her peace with Bay. She has yeah. great perspective on that time in her life. But you know, do you even if you're like, even if you have like a handshake between you, do you say like, oh yeah, I go back there? Or is it like, nah, best left, best I left of like, the past. I also feel like that's something that she's moved past, like as a persona as well. Like yeah. a lot of different aspects of that that she's moved past. Uh, yeah, and I mean, old, uh, Michael Bay like, production, she like produced by this perhaps, whole movie. She makes it through this whole movie, and we never see her belly button. And <laughs> right. I think that that is not something one could say if this had been directed by most other directors. Right. I mean, it's, I it's, feel like we would end up with Megan Fox at one point, like whipping off her tank top to stop a wound on somebody. Right. And I, you know, I'm so, and and I like, I have to go on this tangent because I have to. I'm so I, happy about the Megan Fox never went anywhere. She's always been low key around. She did her arc on the new girl. She has done little like low key projects. A couple years ago, she did her like Legends of the Lost show where she was like traveling to places across the globe. Right. She, she did work every day. She did the teenage, two massive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Like, she didn't, like, it's not like, oh, where did Megan Fox go and become a recluse? She just prioritized raising her family and did projects here and there. She's financially probably set. She was at the time with her former guy, Brian Austin Green, who's financially set. They were comfortable. They probably only need to work at will. I yeah. am so enjoying the re-entry into, and and sort of, it seems like, embrace of the spotlight that Megan has been dabbling with in 2021, if if I have to send Machine Gun Kelly an edible arrangement for <laughs> that, um, I will because I'm grateful. Um, they seem very happy and they go to events loving all up on each other and she's wearing yeah. outfits that I love to see. Um, and it like with Rogue coming out and I think like the public sort of tour of Jennifer's body and the reclamation of that movie, I'm not saying it was the thing, but it has coincided with, yeah. it seems like, a comfort on her part with being like, all right, wherever I'm at in my life now, whatever choices I made, whatever perspective I have on my situation, 
I'm ready to be more public again. I'm ready to be a person who you see at red carpet events. I'm ready to be a person who's going to like go out with my man to his Saturday Night Live performance and gram about it. Like I and she go to the seems- Saddle Ranch literally every fucking night. Apparently, <laughs> that is that that bar. That's the, the bar that they're always, they're always Jordan. We, I mean, honestly, I feel like you and I should start. You should come up. We should just start hitting sunset at this point. Like we can walk up the streets. We can go to Saddle Ranch, which is. Oh, my God. I love it. Just the fact that Saddle Ranch is having a resurgence is truly. I mean, I've clearly got to go. We've clearly got to go. Gen X has reclaimed 90s clothes. (laughs) They've reclaimed fucking 90s clothes and Saddle Ranch. And it's it's disturbing. You mean Gen Z? You mean Gen Z? Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. Thank you. I don't know. Gen X. Gen X. Gen X. Sorry. No, I I know. It was weird as the letter X X came out of my mouth. Um. Yeah, no, Gen Z's reclaimed all of the things from our teen years. And um, apparently oh one of those things is, is fucking sad. Maybe we can see Megan You're Fox s- riding a bull. You'll just, you'll lose your mind. I won't survive. No. If, if, if the, like, because what you say is true. Like, th- this trend is, like, our teen years are absolutely trending right yeah. now among the teens. Please, God, let Kitson have its day in the sun again. But I want to, I, I want to see the celebutant era of the 2000s without the un- unnamed misogynist trash like i want to see this yeah i want to see the extraness of the 2000s in pop culture aesthetics but in a time where we're like fuck the patriarchy like i want to have my cake and eat it too of yeah. that messy fucking my super sweet 16 eyed era of pop culture and you want Saddle all the Ranch good parts. part of that thing yeah god i want the good you, parts i was gonna say you want all the you want all the good parts of bling ring <laughs> i want all the good parts of bling ring i want all the good parts of britney spears without the sad parts i want olivia rodrigo to be like gen z taylor swift and being able to swear in her debut album where it took yeah. taylor like six to be able to cuss on a CD. I honestly, so if I had a brief moment where I confused Olivia Rodrigo with Olivia Jade. <laughs> and what I a thought conflation. you were going to say, I, 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 I just listened to a Who Weekly podcast where oh, they, okay, rated, okay. they rated the relative who-ness of all the Olivias. <laughs> How many Olivias were there? Oh, Coleman, De Havilland. Oh, oh, um, oh so we went big. Oh, wild, all the yeah. Olivias. Okay. All the Olivias. Olivia Wilde, Olivia Jade, Olivia Culpo. Wow. There was one, Olivia Palermo. Oh, was, yeah, Olivia Palermo had to be there. Yeah, but I was in my head. I immediately went Olivia Jade, and I was like, oh, the Paris Hilton for Gen Z. I, and then you wrong. said Taylor Swift, and I was like, huh, is she safe? <laughs> Which is really sad, given that I've been listening to the Olivia Rodrigo album so much. <laughs> so much. So, yep. so much. Same. Oh, man, it's it's really too bad we don't have Sam guest hosting on this. But that could be that could be a whole bonus episode of like, episode honestly, let's just I mean, let's just roll that out to a third podcast where it's just the three of us every <laughs> week. We just yell about how much we love. Yeah, I mean, Olivia it would be Rodrigo's 11 episodes, album. a song, an episode. Yeah. Like, we've got it worked out. Perfect. Um, honestly, okay, we'll put this, we'll throw this wait, with, with the, with the great, with, this. The, we'll I, throw I, this with I, Liar's Anatomy of, of podcasts we've talked about doing, but won't do. Well, but also, but this one I would do on my own with just, okay, fair. Uh, like, this is one where I wouldn't need sponsorship. I would just be like, all right, we're doing 11 episodes where we talk about Olivia Rodrigo and okay, our accompanying yeah. childhood, like childhood teen adult meshed up feelings within that. Anyway, the Megan Fox. Oh, man. Anyway. Oh, right. I guess back to the Megan Fox movie. Yes. The Megan Fox of it all is that. I am super glad to see her in a movie like this where yeah. I think it in its in its at first blush I think it people could see it as if you don't dive in and watch it 
I think it's representative of like, oh, Megan Fox does VOD now. I think it's, it, I think it could tip, I could, it could suggest yeah. to people that like, oh, this is the level, quote unquote. There's that, an elitism that you can definitely bring to it that yeah, this that movie this, doesn't deserve. That this star is at now where she's doing like, oh yeah, I like trash action movies, so I'll watch Rogue. And it's like, no, actually, this is a, this is a fun project. This is something where I can completely see this actress looking at the script being like, Oh yeah, I'm fucking down. And like, no, I'm I'm proud of Rogue. Like, I'm super happy I made this movie. And it I where where if you didn't look into it, it would be indicative of I think a a sort of downshifting in the sort of material that a quote unquote a Megan Fox can carry. When actually, if you watch it and engage with it, it's like this is kind of a girl at the top of her game. Like, yeah. but in a game that's just so much lower key than our standard contextualization for Megan Fox, which is, I, it, it, we're still recalibrating it coming from her sensational last most public era, which was the 2000s, into this new one where it's like, no, you can actually make lower key decisions that are substantially really good. And it's not that it's not an aspect of measuring up to a previous career. It's just a different approach to a career entirely. Um, and she has her horror one coming out later this year where they're like the still images of her like next to a guy's dead body and she's, you know, chained up in a negligee. I'm looking forward to that. I, she also wants to be doing comedies more. She also wants to be more earnestly pursuing comedy. So I am so excited. This all boils down to is I'm so excited for next phase Fox. Yeah. And I think this is such a great little example to hang her hat on and for audiences to hang their hat on of like, this girl still fucking got it. And there's so much more of Megan Fox that we are yet to see. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, and, and once this is like the last thing I'm going to say, because I, I feel like we should probably talk about For sure. the movie, but also no, this like is, this, this is important the, cultural discussion. It, it is. No, this isn't like a, I'm not saying that in a in a let's move along, Jordan. It's like I need to remind myself not to just spend this entire episode talking <laughs> about Megan Fox in the context of this movie because it's yeah. so fucking fascinating. Yeah. But as I was watching it and I was just like, and she's so she's such a compelling act. She's a great action star. She's a great fucking action star. She honestly star, which, is, and she was in the Transformers movies too. Yeah. And that's why Michaela Baines had so much fucking sauce. I don't tolerate Michaela Baines slander. No, and that's I mean, I think and one of the things that's been fun about this podcast is to be like, oh shit, yet another woman who would be a, a stellar fucking action star franchise oh, yeah. hero. Um, but watching it, I was just like, fuck. There's an alternate timeline where Angelina Jolie didn't have the agent she had. <laughs> who positioned her differently no. <laughs> and you know as we t like when Megan Fox was discussed and was discussed in the early days of like oh yeah. she's just she's make, she's Angelina Jolie Completely. light and it Completely. was entirely because she was dark haired pouty lipped had a fucking absurd body yeah that's it it was aesthetic that was, that was alone. the yeah but watching this was like no there's an alternate timeline where if Angelina Jolie had stayed on the Tomb Raider track right Likewise, this is the convergence of those two things. Mm -hmm. This is a movie Angelina Jolie could have, and as we'll just teaser, we'll be discussing next week, a movie <laughs> yeah. Angelina Jolie could have made. Honestly, uh, with in such her, an it, strong animal conservation bent, this could be a movie that Angelina Jolie makes tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But like Angelina Jolie leading you, a team you. of mercenaries in, yeah. like when she's like in her early 30s as an actress. Yeah. Is not an unthinkable storyline. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. It's actually, so, Angelina Jolie's action career just arrived at this exact nether time. Yeah. It was kind of wrong where, like, there was a, there was a bigger market for action, female action heroes in a sort of Cynthia Rothrock kind of way 
um, yeah. Michelle Yeoh kind of way in, in, I think, the 90s where it was like, yeah, badass, you know, low-key DTV women kicking ass. But then, like, in the 2000s, it was sort of this novelty joke thing where the movies weren't really good, even if, like, yeah. but actresses were cool. But now the action renaissance has happened and you can have Charlize Theron doing her whole Charlize thing. Mila Jovovich has really ridden the long game of this whole thing. She's the exception to this. And I yeah. think that's entirely because she almost has, like, Everything about her has such a feeling of like terrifying Eastern European femme fatale that you're just like, yeah, she can snap my neck. I'll and be she, fine with it. And she committed to the DTV yeah. track forever. Like, not that Resident Evil was DTV, but it's kind of like it's like the the slickest version of a DTV action yeah. movie. That because it's IP, it's actually it's actually like big it goes into theaters. Yeah. And her husband wrote in direction like those movies, but the it, it's Megan Fox is like her her age win career window is such that if that was the direction she wanted to take, it's actually prime time for her yeah. to if she wanted to make a whole career out of doing rogue shit and being like a Michelle Rodriguez kind of figure, there there would be actually there is the viable for her to do that. Yeah, yes. there is proliferate viable actually good material options, and so oh, yeah, God. it's just I want her to be in a Fast and Furious now. <laughs> As soon as you said Michelle Rodriguez, I was like, oh. happiness, Amanda. Oh, God. Like, I, want, I don't oh my God. You know, they're talking about Fast and Furious that Universal wants a crossover with Jurassic World, and I oh want nothing less. God. All I want is. I want nothing less. And I you want love them. dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. I want nothing less than to see Dom. Not, no. Put, no, I just, I can't. I'm no. sorry. Unless they travel so fast. What I want is a crossover. <laughs> I want a crossover want between to, Back to I want the them Future to jump so fast. I want a I want a Fast and the Furious Back to the Future crossover, and then they go back in time and actually fight dinosaurs, not Jurassic World. <laughs> I want them to travel eighty eight miles per hour exactly while the lightning strikes the clock tower, and they go back in time. God. I don't want them to end up in you, uh, like Isla Nublar. Could you imagine a Megan Fox Fast and the Furious like entrance? Mm. Like that character entrance and yeah. it being set up to make a whole meal out of it because it would be like, here's an actress you know. I, yeah. the scream I would let out in that movie theater, you would hear it around the goddamn world. It would take her eight minutes to exit a car <laughs> because the I slow mean, pan. And just like it would happen with like a car swirling, like exactly. in a hard, hard yeah. like drift a, a turn. Born out and then. Yep. And then just like a door opens and she's like, get in or she gets out. And it's yeah. just like. Ah! Okay. So obviously what would happen is that she's got to make up for the lost love of Giselle. So she's got to be paired <laughs> with Han. She's like, so my girlfriend Giselle is like her own. Opening line. Yeah, but then she and Han. She dated before Han, so then yeah. Han and Megan. <laughs> and then Han and Megan get together, and then you've got um, Tyrese and Luda being like trying to get with her and like yeah, squabbling. Like, exactly. And she's just like not having it. Not oh. having it. And her character's yes. just named Fox. It's just Fox. That's Fox. all anybody calls her. That's the character's name. That is. That is the name. <laughs> Jordan, I got goosebumps just now. <laughs> Universal, I know it's you're so listening intuitive. to this podcast. It's so intuitive. Look at It's so perfect. We have to tag The Rock in this episode is the thing. Oh, The Rock would honor. He'd be on board. He's yes. answered me on Twitter before. I'm trying one more time. We can I'm do this. We're going to make this happen. Time. Okay, yes. Not doesn't know he's friend to the pod yet, the rock. <laughs> anyway, really, but yeah. you know, just at the end of the day, the beating heart of this podcast is the he rock. He truly he is the the three he is the main vein 
yeah. of this. Yeah. If the Disaster Girls were a, were a human, if Disaster yeah. Girls podcast was a human he's being, our, he's, a a, an, he's a he's a he's a airy. No, that's not the word I wanted. Wait, <laughs> aorta. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, 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 he is he's the aorta vein. Yeah, he's he's the like mace, massive blood pumping center of yes. our of this podcast. That is true. And then and then we've got capillaries. Um, but <laughs> we've got capillaries. <laughs> you know, Jordan, to talk about the reality index, but to tie it into Megan Fox. Yeah. One point of unbelievability for me, the mm. main hinging point that I kept coming back to in this film. Okay. Was if you look like Megan Fox, mm-hmm. I just can't believe that your job is to be a mercenary and not like a drug rep. See, and, and Amanda, like, I mean, this is exactly the kind of bullshit no, reductionism no, that no, Megan, uh, Megan Fox has to face because on the I don't, field. Not because I don't think she can do it. No, no, no. Not because but she no, can't do it. Also, but this, I also had the same thought while watching Mitch White pitch the other day because he is the most impeccable bone structure I've ever seen in a <laughs> sure, human man. Right. And I was like, if you look like that, why do you go through triple A? Why do you go through double A? Why do you go through single A? Where you're like literally <laughs> living off of hot sauce packets. why do you put yourself through all of that Mm -hmm. when you could make so much money having a jawline and so it wasn't to me the unbelievability of Megan I don't think that's what what you were saying at all I don't think that's my point was just as I was watching I'm like Megan you could be doing things that don't involve people shooting at you that as she explains she was shipped off to military academy at 13 years old didn't leave campus until she was 16 years old then she was off to basic training and then she was an army rangers like it just her life took her there man and apparently but did no one at any point see like did she (laughs) not at any point be look in a mirror and be like I could probably be professionally hot and I mm. wouldn't have to do all of this. I think, and I think this is a, because this gets into my my hot girl sympathy that I have. Yeah. Where, and I talk about this a lot on the Valentine episode in the context of Denise Richards of the Otsterion pod. Where sure. this is like, it is, because I don't think you were expressing a question of capability at all, but I think it, it like an interesting part of the reality index for this is there's that one moment where when Bo is Bo, lovable Bo, <gasps> one of the mercenaries oh, has all been. All the mercenaries are lovable ripped, in their own way. Ripped to fucking shreds and they've got him juiced up on morphine. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to go fight. I'm going to go fight. They're like, Bo, you're not going to fight. You're going to lay down. And she's like, captain's order. You're going to, he's like, you're not a captain. And she's like, Bo, you know I'm a fucking captain. And he's like, but you're a girl. And like, she, her team is behind her. They have her back a thousand percent. But when one guy is like too stoned to function, he's like, what do you mean a lady captain? Yeah. I, there, I have to believe that uh, multiple people on her team and probably the majority of people around Samantha, her entire life in the service were like, it was, yeah, it's not even just like, oh, women can't be captains because that's part of it too. But because she's so pretty, the idea of like beautiful women, beautiful people, beautiful women, they can get entry into many places on the strength of their looks. Pretty privilege is very real. But when you arrive in a place, you are still, you are still categorically underestimated, I think, in many ways as a super hot person. And this is just all my anthropologically speculating. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're right. So 100%. Why would you, you're so hot. Why would I listen to you? Like, you're so hot. Like, okay, you have this job. Maybe it was some sort of diversity point thing. But I think like, again, hot people, a lot of privilege there. Not, no doubt about it. But I think particularly with women, there is something that comes with hotness 
where there really is this like, even if it's not meant to be an underestimation, there is this persistent subconscious categorization that happens to you from the outsider because of the things you could be capable of or the things you should have or the things that you like have doors opened up to you because you're hot that like if you pursue a thing you actually want to do and in this case perhaps that that thing is being a mercenary an army ranger it's like yeah but why would you be doing this when like you said when you could be cashing in selling like being a pharmaceutical rep because that looking person absolutely would have an effect walking into a boardroom of men being like you're gonna buy things from me and they're gonna be like you're right i am yeah you're not wrong that there is a lucrative alternative life for Samantha in which her hotness is weaponized to make her a lot more money. And there is also the very real aspect of the fact that like, because she chooses to do this thing, her hotness becomes a thing, even if not to question her ability, it becomes a thing to question, well, why are you even here? You're so hot. So there's an interesting kind of like questioning of like authenticity or sincerity with the hotness. And I again, this is my hot girl sympathy. And there are good, there's good with the bad, plenty of good. But it's just, it's fascinating for me to think about. No, I think that's a I, that's a great counter argument. And that's that's pretty much, I mean, that's the perfect counter argument to it. And I don't disagree. You're absolutely right that like there is an underestimation that comes from being that attractive. Yeah. And just uh, like an automatic estimation. Know, but just like knowing just how we all think. Right. And again, I, just, I do not yeah. think you were underestimating in any – you were just side-estimating. You were, like, was, alternatively estimating. I was just watching the whole time. I'm like, you could yeah. be taking showers, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Sam. Sam, you could be taking showers. Yeah. Have you considered that? Do you understand that? there's a life of regular showers awaiting you? Yeah. Like – there's a life you don't have to, you know. And she talks about like how she isn't really suited for like to have the husband and the the life and all that. And yeah, I was like, she's I like, get I'm that. too close to death at all times. I don't want to put someone through that. And you know, I get it. I get not wanting that attachment. Totally fine. But there's a some middle ground is mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Sure. Between constantly about to be killed. Yes. Yes. And homemaker. <laughs> Where you make a shit ton of money. The two of us live in that middle somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I, we we don't we're not at the make a shit ton of money, but yes, right. But like, the, like there we are. We are in that middle ground between yeah, there's a profiteering world in which, off of yeah. like pirated like medical industry pirates and in mercenary in the field. I think we are examples of like there's a there's there's many a life. different variations. There's a life one could have, especially if one looks like Megan Fox that doesn't involve having to get in a bikini and yes. sit on a car. Yeah. There's another life that could be had that I just every so often I was just like Sam just I'm just begging you like, to girl just the girl. once <laughs> just try just try Try doing medical sales. Yeah. <laughs> like, just try it. You know what? Even like, go with the heartbreakers route. Even like, be a be a con artist. <laughs> There's I, so many other I, ways you could do this, Megan, Sam, whatever your name is, Megan, Sam. Um, there. I I think it it we you know we're we're kind of jumping all around this episode, but I I want to emphasize this point. There is a queer character in this movie. Yes, hot soldier boy, hot main I quippy soldier boy. Is, is is at the very least bisexual, if not fuck it, he's probably pansexual. That man's probably out there, just like come one, come all. I'm just loving this life. He, he is what a fucking charmer. When you when you are, love when him you're a, so much, when you're a broy kind of douchey guy, and you can still charm me. Mm-hmm. You've really crushed it. 
But Jordan, You've is that really because how much of that is because he repeatedly <laughs> sings Backstreet Boys through this film? Oh, it, that is absolutely part of it. That is absolutely yeah. in there. And like, and let's note, like, he has this kind of he has this because him and him and Bo have been like in the shit together a lot, right? They're kind of like always on jobs together. Are they like mm-hmm. do, they're they're like a they seem like a mercenary professional partnership. They're 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 a little buddy. They're a little little buddy couple. Yeah, they, there's this like there's this intimacy between the two of them, and it's kind of like you know, well, they get each other through, and they have this great quippy relationship. There's this running gag where like where Soldier Boy is loves to sing um backstreet's back so that comes up throughout the movie but there's like he at one point bo's giving him shit before they're gonna like bust this compound and rescue these girls where he's like you know they're talking about what they're gonna do after the job and he's like oh so it's a woman this time he's like all right he's all right or or is it a man he's like that's okay i don't judge i don't judge and so like at that point it's like is this just like a gay joke and you have to bring in that like oh is it a guy but then later they're in the like when they get to the compound they've run from the uh bad soldiers the mercenary our hero mercenaries are like holed up in the compound it's like the only shelter that they found so that that's where they're setting up shop and they're um one of the guy the lookout runs in and is like you know or no they're 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 got to get the generator up running they're like surveying the resources and stuff they're like yeah we got to like get set up before our friends come back and somebody goes oh like oh our our terrorist friends or our lion friend and he goes grinder friends and I was like, okay, so he's on Grinder. Okay, yeah. so this man is on Grinder. He's got his he's got his lady, whatever that he's planning on seeing when he's after this. He's like making a Grinder reference in the middle of this movie. I was like, we have a queer mercenary, like Ryan Reynolds esque character in this movie, and that was extremely charming to me. I loved I loved every sec. I I was so invested in both Joey and Bo, and I oh. knew I mean. Like just, but Joey, who could have gone so horribly awry, so wrong. Just, Joey, I mean, Joey was truly quippy, rape jokes waiting to happen. Yeah, uh, Joey was. Joey could have been so awful and broy. Yeah, his his line, deli- the line delivery was fucking great for all of his jokes <laughs> it was. because you got the feeling that he was delivering every single one of them for only himself. You're you're right. He was and like that was the key. I'm there was I'm yeah. He was wildly this. amused by everything he said to get himself <laughs> yeah. through. But and not it was in a way never... that made me be like, oh, you're fucking impressed with yourself. I was like, okay, you're right, though. That was good. Yeah. No, he's just, like, laughing at himself. Just He's just, this is how he keeps himself amused. Versus yes. a lot of the time you get the sense where they're always, like, opening the fourth. That's the character that opens the fourth wall to be like, aren't I a clown? And yeah. Like, no, fuck you. Well, and they, they do with the reference to it, too, where, like, they talk, like, isn't, is there a conversation around, like, well, we've got to keep it light because things are so dark kind of thing? Yeah. 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 And he's just he's just a fucking delight, and he's, he's just on delight. board and having a good time, and potentially just wants to. F- he would fuck the lion. I get the sense if the oh, lion were yeah. into I it. I think at, like if if like he's got an adult in his eye line, if they're gonna yeah. make eyes at him, he's gonna be like, yeah, fuck it. Like I, I Joey's just out here trying to like experience life. Yeah, because he knows he can die at any time. He can die at any time, and I just want that for him. I want him to get all the orifices. And we never get, we don't get queer characters in these kinds of movies. Like we we don't. And in this, and it's it's so I really appreciate how it's handled because it's just so matter of fact. Yeah, like it's nice to see just like oh yeah, look an ambiently queer person, an ambiently queer very mask dude who's going to kill the shit out of people in this movie, but who's going to talk about Grinder and who's just going to be singing fucking Backstreet Boys periodically throughout this movie. It was like, is this 
a form of model representation. Like for an for a gay side character, for a queer side character, this was pretty fucking good. Yeah, and you know, and he's a final boy. Yes, he's the final boy. And but you know, and when when he does make that, when Bo makes that first joke, I was like, oh, we're gonna get a bunch of like, you know kind of light gay bashing exactly exactly again in the same way that when you start this movie you're like fuck what am i in for yeah and you get that and you just don't know and you don't know what to trust in terms of the film you don't Um, you you need to you need to ease into trust with this movie so very much so i mean this is one thing that we haven't really discussed and we discussed the direct mj bassett but mj bassett's a trans woman yes and so i again just that idea of the more voices you get into film and the more voices you get writing and directing things the yeah. more interesting representations you're gonna get and you're gonna get a mass more dude. natural yeah the more and natural nothing about it feels weird and artificial you're just gonna get a masked buff-ass dude named joey who sings backstreet boys and makes grinder jokes because he wants to get some dick and that's how life is and that's, that's how life is and it yeah. and and he's going to be like he's he's never like you're waiting for him to be the character that objective like to a certain point and then you kind of settle in your save them but you're yeah. waiting at the start for him to undermine and objectify Samantha. Yeah. You're waiting for him to be like the like they're buddies but he's always kind of saying something about her boobs character. Yes. And it does that happen? That it's going to be they're going to be the there's going to be a romantic thread between the two of them because he's going to yeah. be the hot guy. And yeah. she's and he's gonna end up saving her ass at some point when she's really in this shit. Well, they're, they're gonna have there's gonna be some toss off conversation at some point about that time they like they, they fucked in Thailand like when they yeah. were on another job. But it doesn't do that at all. Nope, nope. It just lets them be fucking coworkers who like each other as humans. They're coworkers. They're coworkers. Everyone in this movie is coworkers, and then there's like some coworkers who are better friends than others. <laughs> yeah. And that is absolutely the dynamic of like she and Elijah are very clearly which like God bless I was so sad when we lost Elijah so oh, early. Oh, Elijah's the beard guy, right? Yeah, he's the one who's like every time they open a door, he's like so three two one or three two one go, and she's like I every miss, fucking time Elijah. I missed him so much. He was great. Yeah, this is this whole group like one of the most. Again, in my notes, the second thing I have in there is like, oh no, I like all of them. Oh no, there I isn't. It captures that thing that, like, it, it's one of the reasons Predator is so yeah. enduring and good. Like, you meet this band of soldiers, and you're immediately like, I want to ride this out with every one of these fucking people. Yeah. And it has, it it really is a great, just kind of, like, semi-anonymous ensemble of of actors. And this, and there, and we, we, the movie sort of shows us early. I like how it presents early the emphasis on the lion because like they get to the like they, they get to the um like murdering center where people have been like harvesting rare animals exotic animals and they like they find bodies about and they see that they've been like mauled to death by a big cat and um they're, they've been like talking about the the lioness and megan like sees one of the bodies and she's like it seems like the lion's got its own back and elijah looks at the dead body and just goes good yeah. Like they're like their team lion from the start. Like when they get there and they they recognize the nature of the compound that they're on, they are cut like good. Like let, this lion deserves fucking lion justice. At that, yeah. point, they don't know that they're about to start getting picked off one by one by the lion as well. Which you know that gives you a combative relationship. But also, they never, nobody ever tries to kill the lion. 
Well, so that was something that I was so happy at the end that this yeah. lion lives. This is one of the only disaster movies that People we've seen with an animal. pointed at the lion yeah. and no one ever shoots. Yeah. They're well, all just like, they're frozen in fear. They could, they're frozen in fear. They're holding AK-47s. They could be like, I'm going to kill this lion that's slowly approaching me. But actually, everyone is too in awe and in fear of the power of this yeah. lion. And they'll never, they never get a shot off. Yeah, and they they established really early on. Pat is like so the Pat, who's the Maasai uh, tribesman, who's right. now joined Megan's t- Sam's team. Mm-hmm. He says early on, like our guns that we have, because all they have left are like hand pistol yeah. guns. They don't have their AKs for most of this movie because they've they're out from the firefights. Yeah, it's, and it's he's been a, like, it's been a hell of a war up to this point. Yeah, and he's basically like, our guns will just piss her off. Mm-hmm. Don't even try shooting. Like, if mm-hmm. she gets you, she's going to get you. That's what mm-hmm. it is. And that's the rule they establish really early on. And there's never a moment in this movie where they they combat that rule. No. Where they ever are like, that rule can be broken. Yeah. Or we're going to find a way to work around it or we're going to kill the lion so we can get out of here. They're just like, we just have to survive till morning. Yeah. And not that's get That's when Aerie Vac will come and we can finally yeah. get the fuck out of here. And unlike every other fucking movie, including, you know, going back to a couple weeks ago, Gary Busey versus the Tiger – Mm-hmm. Where, you know, he ends up blowing up the tiger, and it's like, just let the f- tiger fucking live. Let the fucking tiger go. Like, yeah. Did we nope. need in to this blow we- up the tiger? Nope. In this, we actually get the lioness gets to live and gets to just go off into the sunset and, you know, wreak her havoc upon uh, seeking vengeance upon humans who have in- impeded her or who have like attacked her. Like, good well, for and her. What we- what we learn, like, near to the end is yeah. that, like, this compound, the lioness actually has a little collection of of, of baby lions yeah. and of little lion cubs. And so the lioness is like, this is the site of atrocities. My cubs are here. And I know you fucking people. I will kill every goddamn one of you to protect these cubs. I know what happens here. I know what humans do. I am like scarred up battle. I have been sent by Muja to kill all of you. I would like to think that at the end of this, she runs all the way up to Belarus. (laughs) (laughs) Carrying pups in her mouth. Yeah. She's like, come children, we must go home. We must go meet our, meet our, our king. And then she like goes and Muja's like, you've survived. (laughs) At this point, I feel like the lioness looks a bit like Muja would at this yeah. present moment in time. Muja only has three legs. It's real <laughs> iffy. <laughs> like, we know this. Muja had, had, right. had That's gangrene right. or something on one leg. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, and, I'd like to think that, like, Muja's like, you're in charge of land. I'll be in charge of sea. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> this is land Muja, is, yeah. is this lioness. And I really... Because, like, it does a good job keeping the lion just present enough. And, like, because, like, because I I know another conversation we had about this is, like, okay, but is it a disaster movie? Like, can it, is it a lot, is it an animal disaster movie? And the animal is, I think, an ever-present enough threat to be able to, like, I think this is actually a really strong animal disaster movie because there's, like, ambient terror of animal disaster at all times. Yeah. And they introduce the, like, animal jump scare so well. Like, it, it's... They bring that fucking lion in when you are least expecting it. Yeah. The lion, they do a really good job. I mean, and again, going... Like, to compare this to Maneater again, which is our most mm, recent right, big right, right, cat yeah. movie, where yeah. it really feels like the 
tiger drops out for large chunks of it. Yeah. And it kind of sometimes feels like people like they're hunting the tiger, but it also never feels like they feel like they're concerned that the tiger could be behind them at any time. Right. And in this right. movie, I mean, there was actually, it's funny. There's like in the last third of the movie, there were times where if I was like, I Sam is barely in this. The lion <laughs> is more present in this than, than Sam is. And that was not a criticism of either of those things. No. It was fucking great. Like it just, in general, you got a real sense of, you know, that this was a constant threat, which is exactly how it should be. That is exactly yeah. what we need from this movie is we don't need the lion on screen all the time. We need to feel like the lion is lurking just off screen all the fucking time. And it really does, especially since they they put the lion in enough locations yeah. to where if you go back to those locations, you're like, oh, shit, is the lion still here? And, and so there and I thought, too, like, because this is happening, like there's the the military operate like the, the combat aspect of this is happening the entire movie. But lion violence is so much cooler than gun violence. And so, like, there are shootouts. Yeah. There are these sort of, like, broad, like, from across the field, people firing at each other. It doesn't make those deaths the most important. They're just kind of things that happen. It's very video Whereas, game. Like, it's like, it's yeah, just like it, you it, just, they, they just, she's, I mean, especially because she just headshots everybody. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a dead shot. Yeah. She's a dead shot. Which, like, yeah, <laughs> sure, you know what? I'm not going to question that these mercenaries can headshot at while running oh. with an AK. Why That's not? why they get paid. That's why, That's they, why get they get paid. Yeah. At one point, Joey has one functioning arm and he's using like an elephant gun. Yeah. And he's still just taking people the fuck out. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah well, I'm I mean, in. He crawls over, takes the gun off of a dead body and just has it sitting on his lap yeah. when an enemy guy runs out from like behind a shrub. And he just from his lap casually just like pulls the trigger and kills a guy. It's like. I mean, this couldn't be more autopilot. Yeah, and then, point. and of course, he his response, man, I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, you are, Joey. You're yeah, yeah, you great. are, Joey. Joey, you're great at this. Come over, Joey. Jo like, I love him. I Rarely do I watch one of these movies and I'm like, I, I want that man in my life. Like, most I know. And, 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 and I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum for you where I'm like, I'm normally boy crazy, but I'm never with these movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. yeah, I want that character because 90% of the time <laughs> the characters are awful. And I was like, no, Joey can hang. Fuck yeah, it. Joey, Joey, Joey's I'll wonderful. Beer with you. Like, let's do this. And like Joey would get me home safe at night. Yeah. Joey would. Joey would. Joey would never. The only thing Joey would question is he'd be like, so really, no one? Yeah, yeah. And he yeah, wouldn't he be, like, like, would just be he mad just be, that I was going home alone. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have to be with him. You just wouldn't fucking get it. Yeah, he'd just be like, but there's so many people in the world. Yeah, like, he would drop you, he would walk you home, he would drop you off safe, and then he'd open up Grinder. He'd be like, I mean, the night's young. Yeah. Like, it's it's only 2 a.m. Like, and he'd go out and have a fucking party for himself. And good for him. And we'd be, and the next day, we'd all be like, Joey, how'd it go? And you'd be like, I don't kiss and tell. And you'd be like, you're yeah. a fucking liar, Joey. All you do is yeah. tell. Yeah, you're a fucking liar, Joey. And it, and we get we get there we get the final tender moment oh, between Bo and, and Joey. Yeah, Bo in a, another morphine haze wanders out onto the battlefield and just plants himself next to plants himself next to Joey. Because honestly, if he's gonna go, he's gonna go next to Joey. And they have like a final singing send off of of um Backstreet's back. But before that happens, there's once again this reinforcement. The movie like it's not hitting you over the head with it, but it is, keeps reintroducing enough times that like, <clears throat> hey guys, at the end of the day, this is a movie about people being evil. Yeah, it's like and and Bo goes on this thing. He's like, you know, he's like he's like the lion's still out there. Like she's 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 still roaming. And Joey's like her. Nah, like all the firefighting and all the fires and explosions. Like, no, no, she's long gone. He's like, 
if she kills us, we deserve it. Like, look what we've done to this planet. Look at all the death and the murder and the killing. Like, this is like we have it coming if we meet Lion Justice. And it's and he's just like drifting off as he said this. And then like mercenary like like bad guy soldiers show up and they're going to like shoot them in their like bleeding, deteriorated state. That's when they start singing Backstreet Boys. And then that's when the lion shows up Which again. Which is a great scene. Kill them. The look of absolute confusion on the yeah. three on the three soldiers, like the three bad guys faces, which is a perfect exactly how that should go. There should be a look of absolute fucking confusion while these two dying men start singing everybody really loud, like just mournfully <laughs> singing everybody. Yeah. And then the lion takes a, takes one of them out and you're just like, fuck yeah, lion. Yeah. And then the other two just go running because, again, nobody shoots at the lion. Yeah. And they and then, you know, and, and Joey looks over to like look at Bo and like, you know, hey, this crazy thing just happened. And he sees that he's gone and he just like tenderly starts like rubbing his his buddy's knee and looking yeah. at him with like tears in his eyes. I was like, this moment is fucking getting me, man. They, I that that, the, friend, the that relationship yeah. feels so real. Again, it's it's the relationships that they build really quickly and really succinctly with all of these characters mm-hmm. is so goddamn strong. And so, yeah, I mean, it you really know that Bo, so it's so good. And, you know, Bo's a goner from the minute he gets mauled by the lion. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just a question of time. And oh, when the two of them just have their little moment, you're just like, no, Joey, I know it's sad. Yeah, I know it's sad. You uh, have to make it, Joey. You can't give up. Yeah. One thing, you know, the lion deaths, one thing I got to say, and again, we talk a lot about like stealth animals in this movie. And that's yeah. always the thing. Like, again, man eater or even yeah, the one that just apparates. Yeah. When they just like they show up out of nowhere and then they <laughs> silently kill their prey and there's no screaming and there's just suddenly blood and the body is there. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie is the opposite, which. Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. I that's was really so cool. there for it. Like Elijah's the exception. Elijah gets taken down quietly. Uh-huh. Um. Which was for the plot necessary, but then from that point on, and I think the next good death we get is um, Night Vision Goggles guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And where we see him get just brutally mauled through the Night Vision Goggle lens view, yeah. which is a great, great it's, little yeah, sequence. Well utilized. Great use of it. But you do get just fucking screaming oh when the awful girl so one of the things that this movie does (laughs) which is real you initially are like fuck is this where we're going with this where okay so these three girls have been abducted and then freed and one of them is a fucking pill yeah she really is she's just awful and she is whining and you know she was before any of this happened yeah like this is not someone who has been changed by her experience no no she's just a goddamn whiny girl yeah (laughs) and you and as you're watching her, you're like, I feel really bad because I hate this girl. Yeah, who just was saved from being sex trafficked, which yeah, is a tortured. weird line to walk. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Mm-hmm. It really. But and then like, she gets it, eaten by an alligator while screaming in the middle of a river, and I was like, you know what? Great, yeah, thanks for solving that kinda, problem. Yeah, because they pull three girls out, and then like in the great escape to get away from the baddies, they've got they've got the three girls. And this, I mean, you're like you're like, man, I hate that I hate yeah. this girl. And then the movie kills her, and you're like, okay, the movie knew. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the movie mo- knew she couldn't go. The on. movie knew that we need. The movie knew we needed to establish that there are dangers in this world that yeah. they are now in. The movie uh-huh. knew that they had to kill somebody. Yeah, and they knew that they had to make us want it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's 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 well deployed, yeah. and it makes you feel a sense of because the two the two surviving girls that continue on are the main target of the bad guys. It's the daughter of the the governor of the territory and a, a a girl she knows from school. Like these guys showed up in their boarding school, kidnapped girls, and then like fled. So the two we have left, it gives you enough like taking out that one girl who's real tough to take. Um, it, it keeps you on edge the entire movie of like, you know, the governor's daughter is probably going to survive, but yeah. we might lose this other teenage girl. And like, that's a fucked up thing. Like anytime you, you know, lose a kid, it's a fucked up thing. Yeah. So it, it does a good job, especially since that character's a bit of a handful too. She is. Yeah. So like, There's well, the last girl that was tough to deal with, uh, got consumed by the natural world. So, uh oh yeah. By about halfway through this movie, I was just like, Oh, so the only one we should be rooting to be rescued is the one they were supposed to rescue. Okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Yes. Um, but by the end of it, I'm kind of like, I was, you were on at least on board enough with, yeah. Yeah. Cause she bought, she bonds with Samantha. They have their exchange. Yeah. Where when Samantha's telling her like, yeah, I don't want to subject someone to like this life where I might be dead all the time. And the girl's like, oh, I, you know, I kind of thought it was just cause you were such a bitch. No one could deal with you. And I was like, this is good. I like this for them. Yeah. I like this for them. I like that little, and, that little back and forth there. Yeah. And I, I, you know, they're in the, the scene where we have the confrontation between the defector soldier and the girls and because he was he was part of the the group that kidnapped them um and then they have their like well my my you know i was taken at a young age as a child soldier and they're like what you do is evil and he's like my whole family was killed it's that whole thing he says he says a thing that's like becomes it's like a red flag in the moment where he's like the bad guy showed up here and he um, you know, promised us a better way. He, he, you know, he came to tell us about Allah and teach us his ways. And you're like, oh no, like is, oh no, he's a Muslim terrorist. Fuck. Like, why did we have to bring this up? Why did we have to say that? Like, there's no need for that because there's no, there's no sense of dogma to that point. So then suddenly he becomes a Muslim terrorist. Well, you're, you're upset about that. And you're like, oh fuck, why do we have to do that? Later on, in like you're getting to the final confrontation between Samantha and the the head bad guy, the warlord, and he she's like, you know, why are you fucking doing this? Like you've kidnapped his daughter, but like this governor guy, he's not going to give you any power. He's not going to he's not going to give you what you want. And he's like, fuck that. Like I this is like this is about money. I want money. I want status. Like I can leverage him to like get dominion over this region. She's like, oh, but what about the caliphate? Because from what she's heard about this guy, he's like trying to establish a caliphate in the territory. And he's like, that's for suckers. Like, no one believes in that bullshit for real. Like, and he, so he exposes himself as having exploited Islam. Yeah. Coming in as this British citizen who, and he tell like, he tells, like the little, he gets in a fight with the, the one of the girls. He's yelling at her. And where he's like, you know, your like he's like your I knew state. I shouldn't have he's like I knew I shouldn't have brought a Midlands girl. Yeah, he's he like he knows like he's yeah. he's regionally dissing this child, but he talks about like your government has just as much blood on their hands as I have on mine, and she's like it's your government too because they're both from the UK, and he's like not anymore. That's not my home, and they never wanted me anyway. They don't want people of my skin color and my religion. So then it becomes about like we're like okay. So he like we're calling out the like xenophobia and state violence against 
refugees and marginalized minorities. And we're going to acknowledge in this moment, too, in like in this growing scene that like he's not actually fighting on behalf of Islam and he just showed up acting like he was bringing the word of Allah to these soldiers because he knows religion moves people and it's a cover for him to actually just be like a profiteer warlord. And he, in fact, is like, nah, that bullshit's for suckers. So he's insulting Islam and distancing himself from it in this scene where we're like, okay, so this guy is not, this guy is not, he's like, would you like, she's like, Oh, so this is all about money. He's like, would you rather I be a zealot? So it undoes like that red flag that has come up a couple of times. And that we see when, you know, the Pata, the soldier is like, you know, he promised to teach us the ways of Allah. It's like, okay. So it was never about that. Yeah. That was never this guy's real sincere mission. He was in fact, as a bad man, exploiting this religion and wielding it as a weapon in in the name of harm and bad and exploitation and evil he himself is not like a devout muslim who thinks that this work he is doing is in the name of any god or in the name of any bible okay yeah thank you for saying that movie <laughs> no the movie the movie's really f- does a g- a smart job of threading that yeah threading that needle yeah yeah i think it does i think i i was i was by the end of the movie you realize that you should have been trusting the movie the whole like you should have been trusting the director and the writer the whole time because again it like as like in the way that he says like you know your government she's like well it's your government too you know talking about the uk and he's like well not my government anymore so it it emphasizes that sort of everyone here is stateless yeah this is not attached this violent is not attached to any state or nation and but we're going to indict nations for the way in which they victimize minorities, black and brown people, people who are not Christian. We're going to we're going to introduce that as a concept as well, probably which contributes to a notion. I think it's, it's a pretty short bridge to connect to like, you know, your 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 country never wanted me. It's like, well, that's how people become. That's how people become marginalized to violence yeah. is they feel unwanted. They feel rejected. And that creates a fertile ground for people to be radicalized by various circumstances, factions, motivations, what have you. And so it, and while at the same time, when, you know, Samantha is trying to like, we're having our great exposition moment between her and the bad guy. And he, you know, they're talking about this governor and he's like, you think this governor is so great? Like he does the same shit I do. Like this place, this place where they kill lions and like harvest ivory from elephants, the governor owns it. And, and Megan's like, no, nah. Samantha's like, no, he's a conservationist. He's like, yeah, pretty fucking convenient cover, don't you think? And it's just basically like the powerful are corrupt. Like yeah. this movie's position on people in charge are that the powerful are corrupt and rich people are probably up to a lot more shady shit than you've ever realized. And so even like it doesn't even make like the governor this far off hero. Like you have to go save my precious white daughter. I am the good white man ruling over this region and I want peace. It's like, oh, that guy, he's actually like, an animal he's like in the animal black market trade and he's an evil piece of shit yeah so it's just like oh everybody with money in this movie fucking sucks and any like anybody we reference with money in this movie fucking sucks and it's like okay i got it okay i'm in yes i'm in thank you (laughs) (laughs) good good to hear yeah i mean i think that that's that kind of brings us into what this movie is really about i think pretty nicely right right before yeah. right before we do that we do have to acknowledge that uh uh samantha ends up entrapping 
the bad guy by being like, okay, don't kill the snotty girl. Yeah. Because he's like got a knife to her throat. He's like, don't kill the snotty girl. I'll trade her life for the governor's daughter. Yes. I'll hand the governor's daughter over to yeah. you. So, but she's she's got a plan. And so she she works it out with the girl, um, the the governor's daughter. She they lead bad guy into like one of the the barn, like b- large houses on this compound. And snotty girl thinks that Smith is selling him down the river. But when she gets the guy in this big like barn, she turns around, the girls are behind her, and she's like, run. And they lock her in the barn. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, you think I'm fucking afraid of you? He's like, what does he say? Like, I'm the bad man with the gun. Like, you know, I have the power. And she's like, well, I don't think either of us do, actually. And that's when he looks over and sees the approaching, like, totally busted, war-torn lion. And we get that we line get is Megan's, iconic. I'm, you know that I'm glad you're pulling your you you yeah, stop us. For this. We have to recognize yeah. that Megan looks at this guy and she's like, so you have to decide which bitch is gonna kill you because I swear one of us will. Oh. <laughs> and he's like iconic. And he's like, fine, then you're going to die first. Nope, Lion jumps in. And it gives us the most featured mauling of the entire movie. And Megan watches it stone-faced. Oh, my God. She looks like she is in a, like, it's like fascination and disgust, but also maybe euphoria and kind of turned on. She's, like, loving watching this guy die. And we get, like, it's, like, it does a good, it does the good idea of doing a real tight close-up on the guy as he dies. So they probably have, like, a puppet lion head. Like, they could actually use a practical animal head and like have it like like tearing at his neck so we're not watching a computer animal maul him we're probably watching like one animal head puppet and so that's good because when we see the digital lion walking up to him in a pretty well-lit corridor it's like oh look at that computer lion yeah it's that's that lion (laughs) that lion is a human in a green suit like that's But yeah that line I'm glad you you specifically I do also want like when the two girls Real, like when when the governor's daughter is like, I don't want to be a baby anymore. We need to yeah. fight back. And I was like, Yeah, Megan Fox would also inspire me to pick up an AK forty seven. Megan Fox would inspire me to fight back. I would want to follow yeah. Megan Fox holding on to the, the belt of her yeah. jeans, running through uh, the belt of her her khaki combat uh, pants, running through a firefight. I'll be that person. Yeah. No, I would. <laughs> by the end of it, I was like, Yeah. Let's do this. Megan Fox, you, I will follow you anywhere you fucking want. But yeah, that moment was that like the which the, bitch which is bitch gonna, is gonna kill, kill you. you. <laughs> I that swear was, one. It's and it's a, I like the cause like normally the rejoinder, like normally the follow line on that, that's like a real hit or miss. Yeah. It's like you got the which bitch is gonna kill you, which is good. It's like, ooh, you could either make it or break it if you decide to put an additional line of dialogue yeah. on here. But I swear one of us will. I love it. No, they stuck the landing on that. I love yeah. it. And as far as reality index goes, my overarching point about it is that Megan Fox truly, I mean, what a screen presence. Yeah. The charisma as as potent as it has ever been. The idea of her leading a group of people anywhere into dire circumstances and them being like, all right, Captain, believe it. Yeah. Believe it. Oh, yeah. No, Megan Fox can and probably should start a cult. <laughs> I'm so susceptible. I'm so susceptible. Yeah, I'll join. Um, I'm in. Yeah, it, it's 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 truly uh, it's truly a delight to behold. But now, yes, you are right. The the what is this movie really about? After this word from our sponsors, folks, do you love movies? The good ones, even the bad ones. Everyone told you not to like, especially the ones starring Megan Fox. It sounds like yes. Super Yaki might be the place for you. 
The team at Super Yaki loves movies and Megan Fox so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bring you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts saluting the brave of us who go to the movies by themselves to comfy sweatshirts and aprons commemorating historic events like the night Florence Pugh made marmalade to crop tops demanding justice for Jennifer's body. They even carry enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Hayao Miyazaki and Guillermo del Toro. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to your favorite movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Like their Directed by Karin Kusama t-shirt that they recently released. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmental fr- environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And I just did a round of composting this week with one of my Super Yaki bags, it happens. Wow, okay. Yeah, functional. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code DISASTERDIVA. All caps, no spaces, DISASTERDIVA at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies like Rogue and Jennifer's Body. Definitely. You guys, fucking watch Rogue. Watch Rogue. Watch Rogue. I I promise you're going to have a good time. Let's give it. If you're like, if you hear, oh, like war, like mercenaries, gunfights, lioness, Megan Fox, and you're like, that's a recipe that could potentially work for me, it will work for you. Even if you're like, that's a recipe that might not work for me. For me, I would probably not have watched right, this. Right, wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on the Amanda top that's 10 not most wanted a, list. It's not a, a list of things that I would normally be in for, and it was a fucking <laughs> great time, you guys. I'm so excited to hear it that. It was such, I was beside myself by the end of this movie with what a good time I had watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what a line! Because then that the, the Arivac, um gets there in the morning. Yeah. Joey made it, guys. Joey makes it. Joey made it, and so Joey, Samantha, and the two girls make it out together. Yeah, and, and we get a, and we get, get a Megan, great low angle shot of Megan just looking fucking steely. <laughs> <laughs> so steely, with the the hair perfectly falling just so the entire movie, whether she's got a hat on or not. Yeah, she wears that New York Yankees ball cap, that black ball cap, that whole damn so movie. Well. <laughs> and looks great doing it. <laughs> looks great. Looks great. Looks great doing it. So, Amanda, what was this movie really about for you? You know, it's a, I mean, again, this is one of those ones where they do a good job of making what the movie was really about pretty much the movie because this movie is- Yeah, in they a, really, it's, it's, it's on its sleeve. Yeah. It, it's so all over the place, too, to a degree, where, like, every yeah. time that you think you know what the motivations are for the bad guys, which is where a lot of mm-hmm. our what is this movie really about comes from normally. Yeah. Every time you think you know what the motivations are for everybody, you learn that it's not. And so I got to say, I think that in this, the the true, you know, the the true villain in this is capitalism. Yeah, 100%. I think you're totally right. I mean, Megan, even Megan. Perverting the minds of, of everybody. Every, but every single person in this film is in some way, as so often is the case, mm-hmm. hurt by, wounded by, and driven by capitalism. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the other two girls wouldn't even be saved initially. Like Megan, the whole Sam initially is like, nope, we have one. She does not want to. I, I appreciate that it, it, they give our like very obviously yeah. build heroine at the start of the movie and being like, she's gonna let these kids fucking die. Yeah, she's like, nope, and you there's have to be one like, girl. Holy shit! And that's the only one that they're supposed to save. And then Elijah's yeah. basically like, we have to save the other two. And she says, mm-hmm. if I die because I saved you guys, I'm gonna be so pissed. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the thing is that. She's not getting money to save the other two girls, and therefore no. they have no value to her. 
Yeah, she's going to leave kids to be tortured pr- and sold probably into sex slavery. Yeah. And she doesn't, she just doesn't care because she is a mercenary. And those are our yeah. heroes in this. Those are our heroes. That's our lead hero. Yeah. And what we learn from the rest of it is, you know, uh, Pada is like, says, you know, he came from, from England and he was going to teach us and educate us and provide us with things we didn't have. Yeah. Um, he, you know, the, the bad guy is very clearly driven by basically how he feels he's been spurned by capitalism. Yeah. And then the lioness, her entire existence has been shaped and harmed by the existence of it, by this whole yeah, the, trade. The, the bad guy tells the, tells the girl, he's like, your father stole money from me. Yeah. I want to, I need, I want to get even. Yeah. So ultimately it's, it is, this movie is an, an is definitely about the evils of capitalism and mm-hmm. that, yeah, the world probably would be, there is not a single character except for Joey that you can say there isn't a, there is not a decision in this movie where I'm like, uh, you probably do deserve to die though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, the fucking lioness is right. Eat all the humans. Destroy. Yeah, the only and- way to destroy capitalism is to eat all the humans. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's kind of uh, for me the what is this movie really about in a textual sense is uh, the the lions are right the lions are right Muja is right um, the humans must be eaten and if if the humans are are eaten uh, as a result of their you know capitalistic craven greed of uh, their environmental exploitation and stripping of the world like our human impulses have led us to this sort of peak society. Uh, that seems to tell us that the only way to come down from it is for the bubble of humanity to burst. And if that means lion justice uh, weeds us out, while sad and scary, deserved, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and in a metatextual sense, this movie is about uh, Megan Fox is not back. Megan Fox never left. Yeah. Megan Fox never left. If you stopped looking, that was up to that was on you. Um, the fact that you had to look is a change from her career in the 2000s where she was ubiquitous, uh, not necessarily by her preference, but she did the best with with the sort of lot in front of her. And Megan, Megan Fox, Megan Fox is indeed a renewable resource of good, entertaining screen fare. And this movie is about how Megan Fox does and will continue to deliver. And I look forward to Megan Fox's choices uh, in the time to come. I'm so curious to know. I'm so curious to know what we see. You know, with that in mind, I could almost expand out and make this also, what is this movie really about? This movie is also a metaphor for Megan Fox, her mm. career, and fighting okay. and, and her career with the patriarchy. I, you know, I can't tell you you're wrong on that. Like it starts out, she's under some real, she's trying to save some girls who are gonna, who, who are being exploited for their bodies. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is like, nope, I'm I'm not going to save those girls. That's their problem. I'm doing this for the I money. Have I have to save yeah. me. Um, but then she brings them along. And uh, I would argue that – and then she has to jump off a cliff. And I would argue that becomes the transition from Transformers to Jennifer's body. She jumps mm-hmm. off the cliff. She makes that risk. It's Yeah, it's a leap. It's a leap. It's a leap. And it doesn't necessarily <laughs> pay off, you know? It just gets right. her into more it, it's trouble. It's a long, it's a long game. It's a payoff. long jump, and not then a short She game wanders through the wilderness, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she finds refuge in a remote site, which one could argue <laughs> yeah. becomes when she moves to Hawaii. Sure, but you sure. know what? She keeps being hunted uh-huh. by both the patriarchy, mm-hmm. as well as which is the patriarchy, of course, is the the evil men hunting them, but also yes, the evil men, the lioness hunting her. 
And you know that lioness? That lioness is fame itself. That lioness is fame itself. And as Megan has said yeah. uh, in in multiple conversations, the one I had with her in an yeah. interview with the New York Times, she uh, said, um, you know, it's great. We have this Me Too movement. We have this reckoning. Um, do I feel like there's a place in that movement for me? Absolutely, I don't. Yeah. I, I have, she said, I have, what did she say when I asked her, like, you know, I didn't ask her for any of her stories. But I was like, you know, you have these, you say, you've mentioned you have these kinds of Me Too stories, but you don't feel like there's room for you to express them. I was like, that's a lot to carry. And she's like, oh, I have, I have a plenty. But based on my entire experience in the public eye, uh, if there's a person that it's okay to slut shame and say, well, maybe she deserved it. She's like, it's me. Yeah. So I'm not putting, I, you know, I don't want to destroy distract from the good that is happening here and I also don't want to invite into my life that kind of harm that comes with being the exception and people being like yeah but she's she's a whore so we don't care what happened to her so she keeps that stuff for herself she deals with it privately and it seems like she does deal with it it's not just like repressed um and that is that's that lioness oh, no, I'm changing her. the lioness that's to third lioness to lioness to third wave feminism <laughs> Yeah, right. that's the that, lioness is third wave feminism. The bad guys are the patriarchy, mm-hmm. and so that's why. And 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 the lioness is indiscriminately taken down. Just dudes, left and right, just dudes, just taken just down, dudes. taking them third down. Third wave feminism is just coming for these fucking these awful dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even chasing Megan, you know, and stalking her, and she's hiding under the truck. And in yeah. the end, <laughs> she's hiding under the truck. And in the end, it's Megan. Third wave feminism and the patriarchy <laughs> facing off. It is. Oh my God, it's true. And you know what? It's either going to be third wave <laughs> feminism that kills the patriarchy or it's going to be Megan mm-hmm. Fox. But one and of they're both gonna, bitches. They're both bitches and one of them's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and third wave feminism. And she's not safe with third wave no. feminism, but it plays a role. And third wave feminism in the end moves on <laughs> and lets Megan Fox live. Yeah, yeah, they go their separate ways. They go their ways, separate ways, and, and they just feminism. like coexist on this planet together. Yeah, <laughs> knowing that they're it's, each knowing yep. the other is out there, but also each knowing, knowing the other is out there. So yeah, so that's what you know what that's what I'm going with, guys. That's and what, the, and really the cubs are the the daughters of the witches you couldn't burn. Oh God, God damn it. <laughs> hate that phrase so much. I hate that <laughs> phrase so much. Okay, anyway. Oh god, it's perfect. Anyway, you're you're absolutely right. So there we go. There we have it. It's capitalism, it's eat all the humans and it's also third wave feminism versus the patriarchy versus Megan Fox. Yeah, it's millennial TikTok white feminism. Yeah. Cool. I think that we solved that movie. Jordan, would you fantasy cast? We did. Thank MJ Bassett. Thank, thank you. you. I can't. Cha- I can't. I love this ensemble too much. I, I like this ensemble too much. I, I'm not going to change. It's a them. tough one. I didn't think you would. Um, the only thing I would do if someone was like anything you want in the world, I would actually probably mm. bring in Tia Carrera. Oh, Tia Carrera! I would bring in Tia yeah. Carrera. Age up, Sam. The pot. Yeah, Tia Carrera. Age up, yeah. Age up, say. Age up, Sam. Oh, it, oh, she could do Sam. Oh, she, she could, could do Sam. Sam. Yeah, yeah, I would. There's, there's like, not that I'm there's an place. all universe. Yeah, no, there's an all universe version. There's a multiverse version of Rogue that exists with Tia Carrera as the captain of this mercenary Yeah, so squad. like, what if? Okay, so yeah. you fast forward twenty years into the future for the sequel, and yeah. she's now playing older Sam. Or maybe, maybe she's maybe she is like she was like a mentor to Sam. Great, perfect. Yes, she's a mentor also, to Sam. On board with and so that, we break we get off both of into them. the same universe. Yeah. I would take either of those things, but if I have to remake this film, I would put Tia Carrera in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know what? Just gonna bring in 
fan favorites, podcast favorites. <laughs> Miles and Miles and Ansel are gonna bite it oh, real yeah. early. Yeah, they're and by lions. Oh yeah, by lions. By yeah. lions via lions. Yeah, so we're definitely gonna add that in as well, just because like why yeah. not? We haven't we don't do that as much as we used to, and I feel like that's a runner <laughs> I really enjoyed personally, but also I think that's something that would really add to this film. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, it would it would thrill me to see. Yeah. I can tell you that. And like I could also <laughs> see Miles very easily just slotting into this cast. Like Miles oh, yeah. could Mustachioed just and yeah. everything. Miles could be the the lookout guy with the night vision binoculars so yeah. fucking easily, and we wouldn't even think twice. So that's what I would do. But it is a I perfect. It is a perfectly cast film. It really is. And for I mean, you know, that's just a, a, the, you know, casting director, producer, like the people involved in making those choices. They got the right tapes. They picked the right people. They 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 did they did a really good job bringing bringing this band of misfits yeah. in into this movie. No, they, I, strong, you guys, watch this fucking film. Can we get, like, a Disaster <laughs> Girls bump on this movie? <laughs> yeah, let's, can we get a Disaster Girls bump for Rogue Come on. 2020? Let's make this fucking trend, guys. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do this it. This sounds great. But let's make, just as, let's try. Let's try. Tell, let's try. If every single listener tells three friends to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's huge, relatively that's huge. speaking. Let's see it. Pop on Hulu a little Come bit. Come on, you guys. guys. Let's bring this justice for Megan Fox, justice for Lioness, justice for Rogue. <laughs> so then how many towering infernos is this getting, Amanda? I'm gonna give this a strong four. All right. All right. I mean, I had a great fucking time watching this film. There was not a single yeah. moment where I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this world. No, it's it doesn't it doesn't waste its time no. either. It's a it moves quickly. I would put this on par in terms of movies we've watched. This I had as good of a time watching this as I did Boar. I was gonna say this. I think this and Boar are the two supreme animal disaster movies I, I, that we've right watched. there with you. Yeah, and the fact that something could be as entertaining as a movie with Nathan Jones singing "Ice Ice Baby" in a jeep that he is as big as—that's a lot of entertainment. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about the Ice Ice Baby. Oh God, what are you turned <laughs> the camera. <laughs> and he's got his frantic, yeah. like white guy head movements going on. Oh. You know, the sequel, when we make the sequel, Nathan Jones is going to have to be in it. We need Nathan Jones. He has to. I need Nathan Jones side by side with Megan Fox. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Is he like even, is he too big to be a mercenary? He can't be stealth anywhere. No. He's six fucking ten and like two eight. No, he's a goddamn tank. Yeah. He's colossus. It's like, no, I'm sorry. You can't be a mercenary. You could hurt a lot of people, Nathan, but you are simply too indiscreet. He is six foot ten. Good Lord. And and massive. I mean, huge. Yeah. No, he's the size of a, of a fucking wall. But oh my <laughs> god. Wow. Anyway, yeah. No, that's what we need. We need this. Yeah. So Jordan, how many towering I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it four point five because it's okay. got it's it gets a little juice for the Megan Fox aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and for the MJ Bassett aspect of it, like fuck yeah. Yeah. Trans representation behind the camera. Trans representation in front of the camera. Let's fucking do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Making action movies. God damn. Making yes. really good fucking action movies. Yeah. About a topic yeah. that they apparently care very deeply about, too. Like, what's <laughs> right. crazy? There, I did not of, expect- It seems like a lot of care. Yeah. The postscript at the end, which is just like, these farms exist and they're fucking legal and they're inhumane. I was like, wow, I was not expecting you to bring that kind of energy to the last seconds of this film, but- Fuck yeah, MJ Bassett. Let's go. Yeah. Fuck yeah, MJ Bassett. And so, like, yeah, I'm 
I'm I'm I'm all in and this is it's one of my most fervent recommendations of any movies we've covered because I just want it to be seen. Yeah, agreed. A hundred percent. So there you go, guys. Strong fucking recommend for Rogue. Let's give us give Rogue the the laurels it deserves. <laughs> so it's kind of speaking of Megan Fox. Yeah. Uh we have another we have another new uh entry to bring to you next week. So another like new release level. What is what is the what is on deck, Amanda? Um, I have to make sure I get the name right because I screw it up every time. Uh, I mean, I can never remember the airplane volcano movie. It literally airplane versus volcano. Airplane versus volcano. <laughs> that's the one. Um, okay, so this is going to be those who want me dead. Those who wish me dead. Those who wish me dead. I apologize. <laughs> um, that is the those who wish me dead, which is the Angelina Jolie versus. Mm-hmm. Bad people versus fire film. Yeah, so we're going all of those. Th- we're going from um, you know Megan Fox saving children, fighting lions to mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie saving a child, fighting fire. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I as I, uh, John Bernthal is in this movie as oh, well. Okay, so I hope there is as much. John Bernthal beauty as is humanly possible. Oh God, I hope so. I feel like we haven't gotten enough. And I haven't. No, I feel like we, we ne- there's we ne- never enough. Well, there's John never Bernthal. enough of him being pretty. But like with Punisher, Ooh. the whole time I was just like, just let him be hot, guys. Like let him be hot. Let, let John Bernthal be let hot. Let him be hot. Why is he got to kill so much? Just let him be hot. Oh, God. why does Punisher Gorgeous really have to man. kill so many people? Can't he just glide? <laughs> kill so many people. Come on, guys. <laughs> just punish him with that charm, yeah. John. Punish him with a flex. (laughs) With a kiss. I don't know. Let's be creative here. Uh, But yeah, uh, those who wish I'm I'm excited to watch an Angelina Jolie movie. And that's on H. I had to to search because I genuinely didn't know where you find that. That is HBO Max. Yeah, it's in theaters and streaming. It's one of their uh, we're doing S we're we're doing day and date VOD movies of 2020. So yeah, so um, we'll see how that goes. And I got my I got my AMC uh, A list membership. Maybe I'll treat myself to seeing this on a big screen. Have you Have you guys seen the new feature that they have on AMC A list? That's like AMC uh, uh, Cruise or whatever. Like that you can sort of like you and your friends who have AMC accounts yeah, no. can go like can create a group on there. Just it's great. utilized it. Just utilized it. Works like a dream. Honestly, oh. went and saw Quiet Place two last night. Love it. One friend captained it. And uh, we we entouraged into like had a whole road to ours. It was that's pretty. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and it's like twenty four dollars a month. Amazing. AMC sponsor the podcast. Um, yeah, AMC sponsor the <laughs> podcast. Theaters are open. You need us, AMC. Yeah, AMC. I I'm just saying a disaster. Girls screening week monthly screening. <laughs> people what we have learned from this podcast is people will watch twister at any given moment let us watch Absolutely. twister in a movie theater amc mm-hmm, mm-hmm. come on a great plan i think it's a great yeah. idea anyway yeah so we're gonna watch those who wish me dead yes yes and uh we'll see how that stacks up and if that is also about third wave <laughs> feminism and angelina jolie <laughs> it, honestly i i'm not gonna guess one way or the other i'm not gonna assume it isn't it could be might not be who knows <laughs> anyway jordan where can we find you you can find me on twitter at jor crew j-o-r-c-r-u and patreon.com slash cruciola very nice and and jason how about you 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones. Uh, you can find the other podcasts I produce at uh, thatmightbecool.com. Uh, and that's that's all I'm going to say today. Okay. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say today. And I don't know. Watch find... Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason actually is Netflix now, guys. That's where you can I find him. Ah, yeah. yes, yes. It's the big. So that's why. That's why Netflix's logo is red. We're trying to it, get. It, we're trying to get Jason's sponsorship on the podcast as well. We're trying to earn Jason's sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, do you love Jason? <laughs> the good Jasons. Even the bad Jasons, everyone told you not to like. Yeah, plenty of people love the bad Jasons. Plenty of bad Jasons. Not to like. <laughs> anyway. Amanda, where can we find you? All right. Um, I was just doing the entire super yucky copy in my head with your name. <laughs> yeah, and it was, bit, I don't know if anyone wants that. I was amused endlessly. It sounds like Super Jason is the place for you. Anyway, <laughs> I'm doing this all off the top of my head, by the way. I just want to point that out. That's how many times right, you've yeah. read this copy. Um, thanks, Super Yaki. You can find me. <laughs> I'm Amanda R. Tubbs with two Bs on Twitter. Doobies. And um, that's where you can find me. Or on this podcast, which you guys should be rating and reviewing. Give us those yeah, five stars. Or on this podcast. Just give us those five stars. Rate us. Review us. Share us with friends and loved ones. Come on, you guys. Please. Tell Megan Fox about us. Tell Megan Fox about us. <laughs> tell the Rock tell about Machine us. Gun Kelly. Tell Machine Gun Kelly about us so he can listen there to people go. praise his girlfriend, Megan Fox, who he loves. Yeah. <laughs> tell Olivia Rodrigo to listen to us. Oh, absolutely. I feel like Olivia would enjoy it. Olivia Rodrigo likes Jennifer's body. So. See, there we go. So Olivia Rodrigo will definitely appreciate the the concept of third wave feminism as a lioness. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a real spawn con episode. We're like, stream sour, become an AMC A-list member. Thanks, everybody. And I like as for two people who talk a lot about how capitalism is evil, you and I really fucking love capitalism. <laughs> Today we really went in. We for went it. all in. Like we love the things you can buy. <laughs> But yes, thank you, everybody. And next week, Angelina Jolie, her gorgeous face and fighting fires. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. That might be cool.com. You never know.